We the ones. We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. Some of it was bad, but hopefully you'll you probably piece something together. Outstanding. There's an earthquake in the middle of the podcast. Unbelievable. We're begging for listeners. That's all we do. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Welcome, everyone, into another episode of the Music City Audible Podcast, brought to you by Broadway Sports Media, partnered with 440 Sports. I'm Justin Graver. Joining me, as always, Justin Mello, and we are here today to talk about a huge contract extension the Titans just signed, as well as 25 other free agents-to-be. We're going to get into all of it. First, Justin, tell me what's going on. How's life, my friend? I'm good, man. We got an exciting episode here covering a lot of guys, right? We spent the last two weeks covering three players per episode. This week is going to be somewhat of a supersized episode where we're covering what, like 20 players, 22 players here. So I, I we did this last year and I, I remember enjoying this episode, you know, rapid fire. You're going to throw names at me. We're going to go through all of the remaining free agents the Titans have. And we're just going to tell you what the Titans should do with that player. That's right. Actually, we have 25 guys to discuss, not 22. Spotrack, for some, I'm not trying to throw Spotrack under the bus. I should have done my due diligence and, and found out exactly how many free agents to be the Titans had. I thought there were 28. There's actually 31, now 30. We'll cover that news in a second. So we got 25 guys to talk about. But before we get there, the Titans didn't place the franchise tag on Harold so Landry, sorry, but they did work out an extension tagged? late on Tuesday evening. Let's Are talk about it. Your initial thoughts. Go. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we had talked about this a couple of weeks ago. I think this year talked about this, but you can't kick the can down the road, right, with the franchise tag. All that money is guaranteed. That's the cap hit that you have to uh, take on for 2022. And I don't think the Titans are in a position to take on this lot large of a cap hit for Harold Landry. So uh, work out a long-term extension so they can lower that cap hit in 2022 and keep them as a Titan, uh, you know, going forward. Absolutely. There's no doubt that that was always the plan here. Work out the long-term extension, lower that first-year cap hit. Let's get into the details here. Dive into the contract details, at least what we know so far on Tuesday evening. Five years, $87.5 million. The Titans elected not to use the franchise tag on Landry, which would have paid him about $18.7 million for the 2022 season alone, carrying an immense cap hit of $18.7 million, but we discussed this a few weeks back, why we thought Landry would be back, why we thought he should be back. Now, we don't have any real numbers yet, so we're really just speculating here, but we can use the signing bonus and the fully guaranteed money in the deal that we know to work out what this contract probably looks like year by year, including the cap hits, the dead cap, and when the Titans could cut bait with Harold Landry if his play fell off or if they decided that he wasn't worth the money anymore. So... Shout out to F-Words Pod, Zach Lyons, F-Words Pod, Football and Other F-Words Podcast. You guys probably all listen to that if you listen to our show, who broke this down. First of all, we should point out $18.5 million signing bonus, $52.5 million fully guaranteed money, and $17.5 million average annual value for this salary. So he's making $17.5 million per year on average. But of course, we know that is not how the cap hit works. For comparison, Bud Dupree signed a five-year, $82.5 million contract last offseason. Harold Landry's contract is $5 million more than that. Bud Dupree only got $33.75 million guaranteed. 
Landry got $52.5 million guaranteed, so significantly higher guaranteed money. Bud Dupree's contract sort of breaks down. It's a five-year deal, but it sort of breaks down into a two-year commitment by the Titans in terms of when you look at the dead cap space. The Titans could cut bait with Bud Dupree after the 2022 season, get it out, get out of that deal relatively cheaply and save a lot of money against the cap. They would have a small dead cap hit, but they could save a lot of money that way. If they felt they had too much money dedicated to the edge group, but just looking at Landry's deal, what's really interesting about this, so the, the franchise tag would have paid $18.7 million for one year, and that would have been the cap hit. Landry's cap hit for 2022 is only going to be $5 million, maybe a little bit more. Zach projected it up to $5.45 million. We saw some other sources say it was $5.05. Paul Kuharski said just over five. So it's right in this range. And the way they're able to do this is they knock down the first year base salary really low. Landry gets an $18.5 million signing bonus. He takes home all of that money this year. That signing bonus, in terms of its cap hit, gets spread out across the length of the contract, evenly across five years. Landry gets to take home all that money this year, which means his salary for this year can be very low. That's how you end up with a very low cap hit. So a low salary will approximate $1.75 million for the 2022 season, plus the $3.7 million signing bonus. That's 18.5 divided by 5. Gives you a cap hit of about 5.45 is what Zach calculated. Again, it could be anywhere from 5 to 5.5. It's somewhere in that range. It's going to keep his cap hit really low for 2022. Allows the Titans to potentially re-sign Ben Jones or go out and see what they can do with other free agents. We don't know what other restructures or cuts are coming. Those, those things could still happen to free up more cap space for the Titans. But the good news is they get Harold Landry locked up. If you look at next year, the cap hit likely jumps to the $20 million range, and it'll stay there for the next four years after this 2022 season with a potential out after the 2024 season. So it's basically a three-year deal disguised as a five-year deal. If Landry is still playing at a high level over the final two years of the deal, the Titans can keep him. If not, they can cut bait, save a lot of money against the cap, pay a small dead cap fee to get out of the contract. And we covered on an episode two weeks ago why Landry is such a perfect fit to come back to Tennessee so if you really want to hear our thoughts on that go back two episodes ago listen to what we say about Harold Landry we have a lot to cover today so we're going to move on quickly now that was a great appetizer um, if you will let's get into our main course now the free agent pool like I mentioned before we've covered six of these guys already which means we have 25 more guys to cover one of those guys was Harold Landry. So we've already covered six guys out of 31, now 30 guys to be free agents. Let's get into the other 25. Let's start. I'm just going to throw some names at you, rapid fire style. You tell me if you think they're staying or going. We might have a little bit of a discussion about some of these guys at the top. And then as we get down the list, it'll become more and more rapid fire. Let's begin with the running backs who carried the load for the Titans while Derrick Henry was hurt, starting with the former Texas Longhorn hook'em, Deontay Foreman. Back or not back? What do you think? You got to get your hook him in there. Um, I, I Always. Think, I think he should be back, right? I mean, this guy looks, looks pretty damn good down the stretch. Looks really good in the playoffs, by the way, right? A lot of people complaining they didn't give him enough carries. I think he had 62 yards on four carries or something like that in the playoff loss to Cincinnati. I think he should be back. I think what ultimately decides his fate is, is, is his market, right? Titans mm -hmm. are not going to overpay for a running back, too. Not when you have Derrick Henry in that backfield. With that said, I've been surprised 66, by how much, 66 yards on four carries. 66 yards on four carries. Wow. Um, with that said, I would be surprised. 
I've seen a lot of Titans fans think that his market's going to be quite strong in free agency. I think you are forgetting how running backs work. Um, and, and, and this guy was sitting at home in what late October, right? Like I don't think his reputation around the league is probably as strong as you think it is. If you are one of those people that thinks he's going to land a sizable deal in free agency, I don't think he's going to land a sizable deal at all. Um, and, and if he doesn't, then he's back. And by sizable, I mean, I, I don't think the Titans would pay this guy $2 million a year, right? Like I, I think they probably, you know, 1.5, 1.2, like I, I don't think they're paying 2 million a year. So it really depends on what teams are willing to pay this guy but I ultimately do expect them back because I don't think his market's going to be met with that much um, with, with many aggressive pursuiters, I should say. Right. Yeah. I think he's a guy that you bring back and can't give him a chance unless like you said, his market is too big to match. Like you're not matching offers for Deontay Foreman. And if he does get a big offer from some team, like three to 4 million a year, like good for him. You earned it, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. And, a uh, lot of guys, we forget. Didn't he, didn't he have like a torn Achilles injury a couple years ago? Yeah, he did. And he was not out of football. A lot of running backs for... come back from that. Which probably explains why he was sitting at home um, in uh, in late October because he, he right. probably would have got a chance otherwise. But was a great story in 2021. No underrating that man. A, a heartwarming story. Came in, helped carry the load, bounced back from that terrific injury. Couldn't be happier for Foreman if he lands a, a a good deal in free agency. Absolutely. All right, next guy, Dontrell Hilliard. What do you think? Another guy that I mean, remember they picked him over Jeremy McNichols right towards the end of the right. year when they kind of had to cut one of them when Derrick Henry was coming back. They caught McNichols and kept Hilliard, right? He's got some pretty good skills as a pass catcher. I like him in, in pass protection as well. Can make things happen in the open field, make guys miss one-on-one. Explosive I, I, player, too. He had that 60-yard yeah. touchdown against New England and a 30-yarder against Miami. Like, I, I like Hilliard. I say bring I, I like him back. Him I, I say I bring think... him back and let him compete for a roster spot with Darrington Evans as your pass catching back. Yep. Yep, absolutely. I don't think his mark. I mean, if I had to like guess, who the heck knows? But I would guess Foreman has a better market or a more like more teams so interested. Too. Yeah, yeah, I would think so too. Foreman had a better showcase, right? He touched the ball more. He's kind of he eventually became their workhorse, right, as a ball carrier. So I, I say I say bring Hilliard into camp, man. Let him compete because don't be shocked if he outperforms, you know, Darrington Evans. I, I totally agree, and I think that he's a guy they can bring back without having to like compete with other teams to pay. He probably wants to be back in Tennessee where he's already established a little bit of a role for himself. So let's see Those what – playbook. Yeah, let's see what vet Hilliard minimum can do. minimum too, right? Like uh, I'm assuming he's would, eligible for vet minimum. I would expect that too, yeah. Okay, next guy on the list is the other, only guy I teased at the top of the show before we get to the rest of the list. It's cornerback Buster Screen. This guy played pretty well down the stretch, didn't he? Like, he was a surprise to me. He was a late-season addition, and, and he looked good. You know, I, the thing is, obviously, he's really getting up there in age. I think he'll be, like, 33 by the time the 2022 season kicks off. So you have to factor that into your decision, and you probably don't bring him back, uh, I think, because of that. But I will say, if they end up cutting Jack Rabbit Jenkins, and I've said this, I think, on a couple episodes here, you got to bring in some competition at outside corner for next season. You can't just roll in there and assume that Caleb Farley is going to take that spot. Not with the history of injuries that he's had now a lengthy history. Unfortunately, when you add the torn ACL um, to the back issues that he had in college. So you got to bring in someone to compete. Now I think you probably aim higher than Buster screen when you're doing that. But at the same time, you know, the guy played pretty well for you down the stretch. So neither outcome would surprise me there. He did have a uh, interception last season. I mean, he played sparingly in, in spot coverage. Elijah Molden missed a little bit of time 
towards the end of the year. And he, he started inside and outside too, man. He started three games for the Titans last year. So it's not like he, yeah, exactly. Versatile player. He graded out at a 64.6 per PFF, which is like average. So, you know, if you can get an average player to be your first guy off the bench at cornerback, he is going to be 33 in April. So he's getting up there in age, but Hey, I mean, this is the same kind of deal, I think, is like what we just talked about with these two running backs. Is like if you can get him back with no competition for a cheap deal to bring him in camp and let him compete for a roster spot, then you do it. If he gets a little bit of a market to some someone wants to go make pay him to be a starter, then let him walk away. And that's that pretty much that's that. I, I agree. I mean, no one's gonna pay him to be a starter, right? Like that, that's not gonna happen to Buster Screen at this point in his career. Played on a lot of bad teams throughout his career, too. If you look up his history, Cleveland Browns, New York Jets, I want to say. 2021 was the first time he's ever qualified for the postseason in his career. That's crazy, right? Kind of sad for a guy, right? Didn't catch all, didn't catch many breaks, I would say, right. uh, in terms of team success. Uh, why? So he he really enjoyed playing in Tennessee. It was his first division title, was his first playoff appearance uh, on the wrong side of 30. So I'm sure he would love to be back. I totally agree. All right. Next guy on the list is someone that we touched on a little bit last week and you scolded me and said, hey, this isn't the Jeff Swaim episode, but let's talk about him here much more briefly than anyone yet. Jeff Swaim, back or not? I'm going to vote no. And again, I'll probably, just because of the way I am, I'll probably make arguments for both sides quickly. But look, I know he's cheap. He knows <laughs> the system. He can block. But I think you really got to think about revamping this room, right? It was so bad in 2021. I think you need to start fresh. I'm not gonna give him a ton of add a ton of value to Jeff Swain because he knows the system and can block you said it last week it was kind of mean but it was also kind of true he's like the opposite of a playmaker right like <laughs> so that he was like he's running routes or after the catch with cinder blocks attached to his feet right like I don't yeah. know that you can bring Jeff Swain back you really need to improve and revamp this room so if it was up to me it's it's a no yeah I totally I totally agree there we'll see where it all breaks down, but I, I don't think he's back next year. So, all right, next guy on the list that we haven't talked about yet, Morgan Cox, the long snapper. By the way, the list is ordered here in order of what their 2021 average annual contract value was. I'm looking at the Spotrack list here if anyone wants to follow along at home. Uh, so the next guy here is Morgan Cox, who they had on a $1.2 million deal last year, 35, soon to be 36-year-old long snapper. Is he back I'm going to say yes. I know Morgan Cox is getting up there in age, but look, he's a three-time pro bowler. Uh, he's a t Tennessee native. I think that's really important to this equation. He grew up a Tennessee Titans fan, right? Look where he went to school. Uh, he grew up there. Like, I think if he was playing in a city that he doesn't live and that he doesn't call home, this would be a harder conversation because maybe he mulls over retirement, but I think he's at a comfortable spot in his career. Can you recall a single bad snap from the 2021 season for the Titans? I can't remember one. I don't think there was one. And look, if you, if you, there was one and I'm forgetting it, tag me on Twitter, give me shit, drag me through the mud. He was terrific in 2021. Nate Davis snapped it over, not Nate Davis, Aaron, Aaron Brewer, Brewer snapped it over Tannehill's head. I remember that when Aaron Bruin came in to play center for like one snap, but I'm talking about Morgan Cox here. I can't think <laughs> of one bad snap on special teams the entire year. So yeah, he, he could consider retirement, but ultimately I think he either comes back to the Titans or retires. I can't imagine he's going to leave his home state to go play somewhere else at the age of 36. 
I'm going to say Morgan Cox is back. I don't think he retires. I think he's happy at home. I think the Titans love him. There's a, they signed him early in free agency last season. Like They placed a premium on getting a good long snapper. You remember they struggled down the stretch when Bo Brinkley caught COVID in 2020. Right. So that was a priority for J-Rob. We know he loves special teams. Morgan Cox is back. I agree. I think it might be a little less than the $1.2 million hit of last year, but Could I think be. he's back as well. Just a little less. Um, all right, next guy on the list, Marcus Johnson unrestricted free agent a dynamic player when he stays healthy but the problem with marcus johnson is he just doesn't stay healthy not in once in his career has he managed to stay healthy so as much as the titans i think liked what he was able to give them last year with the way the season went with the way the injuries injury situation went i can't see marcus johnson back next year what do you think yeah, I don't think he'll be back either. I mean, this is a guy, if you'll remember, was like apparently lighting up training camp in August. They absolutely loved him. And then what I will say, he might be in training camp. Yes, because why not? I mean, he's going to be cheap, right? Like, yeah, he clearly looked good in practice. He had a lot of chemistry with Ryan Tannehill uh, in tr- throughout training camp. He gets hurt. Unfortunately, he's had injury issues his whole career. He misses the first, what, six to eight games of the season. I think it might have been eight. And it's, it's frustrating because he comes, I think his first game was the New Orleans game and he had like 95 receiving yards. Like he was electric in that game. The, they looked like the guy, look at, look at the game log. Like he yeah, had I'm one gonna, really good game and I'm pretty sure it was the New Orleans game. Right, yeah, he missed the first four games, came back against Jacksonville, three catches, 52 yards, then didn't do a whole lot. Oh, it was the New Orleans game. Uh, week 10 was his first time really playing a lot since since then he had five catches for 100 yards in that game his first 100 yard game he also had three kick returns for 54 yards uh did a lot and then against houston the following week got hurt in the first half and we and was placed on ir that week and we didn't see him again so we only ended up playing in one two three four five six seven games in four of those games he had one target or less so it's just a shame because the New Orleans game was so was so great. And it just can't stay healthy, right? Like the New Orleans game was shades of the guy that you saw in August in training camp, apparently, right? Yeah. So, I, I mean, it, it can't kill you to bring him back because he's going to be so cheap. And if he miraculously stays healthy and you get the guy you saw in training camp it, and, and then in the New Orleans game, it's nice depth, right? But I mean, I don't either. Either outcome wouldn't shock me, right? They might just say, look, this he was placed on IR twice, right? Like right when the season started and then again later. So. Yeah, exactly. So I, I don't think he's a guy that like signs in the first week of free agency with the Baltimore Ravens for a no. $9 million contract. Like I think he's on the market all summer and is back on a cheap deal to be in Tennessee for training camp. And uh, and we'll see if he ends up making the roster. I think the Titans are going to have more receivers crowding the room this year. Young guys that have high potential. So we'll see what happens there. But all right, next guy on the list, Nick DeZubnar, 30-year-old linebacker, special teams ace. Played a lot of special team snaps last season. I think that that is an underrated factor with DeZubnar. Was out there for 82% of the Titans special team snaps last year. But... Uh, was on about a $1 million contract, $1.1 million contract here. I don't know. This is kind of this a similar deal. It's like maybe they bring him back for training camp and see what happens, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I, we had this conversation last year on him because he, he had been on a one-year deal, and then they re-signed him in like August again. He, he was on the market all summer long, right? And they brought him back late in the game to play special teams, and I can kind of see this going similarly. It's like they don't bring him back immediately. I don't think they're in a rush to bring him back. If they get to August and it's like, 
we are, we really don't like the way special teams looks, right? We're not very good on special teams. He's a guy that they probably call up, but I, I don't think there's going to be any sense of urgency to bring him back. Yeah, that's where I'm at as well. So we'll see what happens there. They might have some young guys coming in. They do need to restock the linebacker room if they lose Jayon and Rashawn in terms of like young depth. So we could see them draft like a mid to late round guy that takes this special teams role that Dezubner had. So we'll see what happens there. Next guy on the list, Matthias Farley, safety, who played a little bit um, in on defense last year, but not too much, but it was a big special teams guy. 77% of special teams snaps. He's a veteran, going to be 30 this year, was on a $1 million deal last year. What do you think of Matthias Farley? Maybe we're saying too many no's, but I think that was also probably a one-year solution, right? I'm not sold. I mean, they did lose Brady Breeze, right, a guy that they had drafted. Um, and then eventually I think it was they tried to clear him through waivers and the Lions claimed him or the Lions plucked him off the Titans practice squad. So that might open up a larger role or a potential role for Farley, but I ultimately lean towards no, but I, we also just said no on two guys that played a lot of special team snaps, right? You can't get rid of all your special teams players, right? It's just it's not very realistic. So, uh, you know, what? I'll, I'll say one of those two guys will be back. Yeah. Okay. That's a fair. Um, I could see that too. I think Matthias Farley is a guy, if you get him on a 1 million ish year deal a, a year or, or maybe a little less even, cause he didn't play like he barely played on defense really. Um, although he had a, I remember he had a preseason interception. I think that he's, uh, probably back in training camp and we'll see if like any young guy can come take the special teams role from him. I think is kind of how they see that playing out. All right. Next guy on the list. Kicker, Randy Bullock, 32 years young, was uh, pretty steady for the Titans last year, actually. I mean, he missed a few 40-ish yarders, but overall, I think he was as, as reliable as you can hope for a journeyman kicker to be. Um, he was on a $1 million deal last year as well, unrestricted free agent. Where do you think this one goes? I thought, First of all, I find it kind of disrespectful that we didn't dedicate a whole episode to Thick Randy. Now, we're just throwing him in here with the <laughs> leftovers, right? He probably deserved his own episode. But so I, I get to reverse course finally. I think Randy Bullock is probably back, right? Like he had a pretty damn good year kicking the ball. The only question is, he's one of the few guys on this list that's going to get a raise, right? Like he, he he's going to make money. Like he had a good year. He was a consistent kicker for them. So now you're looking at a kicker you're not going to get for, what would you say, was it $1 million he signed for? Mm-hmm. Yeah, gets at least one, double one that, right? I think mean, it's at least two, maybe two and a half. So uh, I think Randy Bullock is back, and I think they probably got to give him a bit of a bump in pay. The only, uh, the only other, like I guess, complications here: Sam Ficken, the other kicker on the on the roster, twenty nine years old, also a free agent, but he's a restricted right. He's a restricted free agent, so the Titans have the first right to try to sign Sam Ficken back if they even want to. And then Tucker McCann, twenty nine, Sam Ficken. Can you believe that? Sorry, I, I was thinking of Tucker McCann. I'm like, Tucker McCann's ah, 29 already? No. And then Tucker McCann, no longer on the roster, waived by the Titans uh, back in August, I think. Or, yeah, August 23rd, waived by the Titans, uh, injured. Unfortunate, as I think the Titans liked him. He had a lot of potential, at least as a big leg, at least as a kickoff guy, if nothing else, uh, which I don't, I'm not a fan of that as a roster strategy overall, but whatever. Um Never really able to stay healthy and spent spent the year off the team. So could be a guy they look to bring back in training camp as like a camp kicker, um, maybe for some competition. I think personally, I agree. I, I think Fat Randy or Thick Randy or 
or consistent Randy uh, is back next year probably. But this is also like he, he's he's 32 years old. I don't think this is your like kicker of the future. Like he's maybe no. your kicker of this year and maybe one more. Like maybe they sign him to a two-year kind of extension here. And I'm not like opposed to finding your kicker of the future as an undrafted free agent this yeah. year or trying to, trying to find somebody. You should bring in competition. Don't get me wrong. Bring in another UDFA. See if you strike gold, right? Because I think right. there's a lot of luck involved in finding kickers, truthfully. And you, you look at the you know league average. A lot of kickers that are the best in the league didn't have the highest percentage in college, right? A, a field goal percentage. And a lot of the guys that did have the highest percentage, uh, guys that get drafted. Remember the, the kicker Tampa drafted in the third round? Uh, yeah. Roberto, some, I can't remember the name escapes me now, but came Aguero, to the NFL Aguero. and was terrible, right? So Aguayo. I think you do Aguayo, Aguayo or something like that. Aguero, Aguero. Aguero something like that. I think you bring in a UDFA and you, you force the competition yeah. here. Yeah, exactly. Some sort of Blake Howbeal type comes in to, to compete. But anyway, all right, Randy Bullock probably back we'll see what happens there definitely probably a trading camp at the least all right next guy on the list ola sakanmi odeni ola odeni commonly known um this one's an interesting one to me ola played a lot of special team snaps i think that that is somewhat not known he played seven almost 70 percent of special team snaps only 18 snap percent of snaps on I mean, this is percent almost 70 percent did i say percent whatever uh, only about 18% of snaps on the defensive side of the ball, but a pretty good guy as your like third or fourth edge rotational guy who can come in and give you some quality snaps. I mean, he had the the near safety that should have been a safety against Russell Wilson. He had a sack. I think he sacked Carson Wentz um, at some point uh, when the Titans played the Colts. So he had some splash plays a couple times this year, only 24 years old, some room to continue growing and developing. I like Ola Dani. I think he he might be back on a similar one to two year deal, cheap deal. I like him too, and I think he's back. I I really do. We've talked about a lot of special teams guys. We've said no on a lot of them. I'm I'm definitely saying yes on Ola Dani. When he first came here, I think it was pretty well known that he was a special teams guy. Like that's what he did in Pittsburgh, and and uh, that's mainly why they brought him here. But it's funny, right? It's it's a glass half full or glass half empty kind of conversation because. My, my mind kind of flickered when you said he only played 18% of defensive snaps. I think it's a lot more than anyone expected him to play defensively, right? Considering he's That's a special fair. teams guy. Like it's That's true. I mean, he got on the field more defensively than I thought he was going to. And, and he had never recorded a sack in his career. I think he had two and a half or three this season with the Titans, right? He, he showed a lot more as an edge defender than I think anyone expected, right? We thought this was a Nick DeZugnar, Matthias Farley, yeah, right? Where he's not going to see the field at all, right? He can't. He's not, you know, Nick DeZutner is not really a linebacker, right? He's a special right. teams guy. No, Ola Dainey really is an edge defender. So uh, I, I think he's back. I really do. Yeah, unrestricted free agent that the Titans should try to get back, I think, for for some sort of reasonable deal as your, as your edge rushing depth and a key special teamer. All right, next guy on the list, Chester Rogers, unrestricted free agent, 28 years old, was on a $990,000 one-year contract last season. I don't know. This depends on what is. It depends on what his market looks. Depends on what if anyone wants to try to make an effort to bring in Chester Rogers, which I personally, with the influx of receiving talent in the league over the last few years and continuing in the draft this year with another strong class, I don't really see that happening. I think this is a guy who's back in training camp with the team, and who knows if he ends up on the final roster. Kind of, kind of depends if they. I I don't think there's going to be a market for him. I I don't think teams are going to line up. 
look, I guess the, the guy did an admirable job as your slot receiver was often uh, thrusted into a role that he probably shouldn't have been in, uh, in, in all honesty. So they, they have to upgrade that position though, right? Like that's gotta be one of your priorities in my opinion, this off season is upgrading your wide receiver three, upgrading your slot receiver with that said, because he knows the system, he played a lot of snaps. He was their returner. I think he's back in training camp. I, I agree with you uh, that he's at least there in August, but I'm not as convinced that he makes the final roster. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see if he if he gets any action from some desperate team in free agency. Don't see that happening personally. Next guy on the list, Michael Pruitt suffered honestly a devastating injury Ooh. late in the year. Hate hate to see that for any player. Pruitt, a great guy in the locker room, do-it-all tight end, underrated as a pass catcher, friend of the podcast. But, look, he's going to be 30 years old. He's a veteran who who never really carved out more than a third tight end role on this team. Does know Mike Vrabel from his time in Houston. Could see him, honestly, I could see him taking the year off to rehab his leg. But if he if he is able to get back, there's a chance that he comes back to be a depth player in Tennessee, but he tried to leave last offseason, couldn't find the market that he was looking for. I don't know that that market is, I mean, it's got to be worse coming off of the brutal injury at his age. We'll see what happens with Michael Pruitt, former high school um, com- comrade of Robert Greenlaw, of Broadway Sports Media. Uh, Still one of my there. favorite, most random facts. <laughs> got to throw that in there. Uh, Michael Pruitt's number one fan, Robert Greenlaw, would would hate this conversation. But I do think, sadly, uh, Pruitt's time in Tennessee is probably done. I'm going to say something slightly controversial. Um, if I want any of those tight ends back, it's Michael Pruitt. I would much rather have Pruitt back than Ferks or, or Swain. So if I don't bring, think that's controversial. I, I think know, that's I, fair. I, yeah, I, I was kidding. But I think if I'm bringing any of them back, uh, for me personally, it's Pruitt. And you know what? That injury was so devastating. He's such a good guy in the locker room. It wouldn't shock me if John Robinson and Mike Vrabel wanted to give him a chance to prove that he can come back from it. Now, they're not, they're not in the business of giving out free money. Don't get me wrong. They'll pay market value, whatever that is. But maybe at least giving him a chance to prove that he can get over it and can make the 53-man roster as your third or even fourth tight end. Sometimes you carry four. Um I hope they give him a chance. I'll, I'll say that because it, it was so gut wrenching to see that. And look, I know you can't make decisions with uh, your heart and your, you know, your, your uh, a weeping heart, so to speak, because we all hated to see that injury. But it wouldn't surprise me if they if they gave him an opportunity to prove that uh, he can get healthy and still play in the league. Right. So yes, I agree. We'll see what happens there. Potentially back rehabbing in Tennessee in the in the summer and we'll we'll see where it goes next guy on the list cornerback Greg Mabin COVID-19 patient zero for the Titans actually gave him some good will snaps. Never get referred to <laughs> he will sad sad for him um he actually gave him some good snaps I thought when he when he was forced into action last year he's yes. 27 years old was on a nine nine dollars contract there i think that is that the vet minimum i don't know but maybe not no it can't be who i don't he why am i even saying that looks really Greg good Maven, in one game what yeah, was it jacksonville it was someone random it might have even been kansas okay. city he played 72 snaps against kansas city 64 yes. snaps against indy 21 snaps against jacksonville 13 against Pitt, one against san fran so he barely played as the season went on and they got my memories on fire they saved they saved greg maven the secret weapon for Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, and it worked out beautifully. I mean, 
No, all, all kidding aside, that was crazy to me, right? That he, he had such a great performance in that game. I mean, they didn't even go after him. He was 100%. shutting down. 100% of defensive snaps in that game. And the Chiefs scored three points. Yep. Crazy. Greg Maven shut down one half of the field against the Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs. I mean, Daryl Revis, he took the field away. He took that side away, right? They just weren't mm. – Maven Island, we got to refer to it as, because they were not <laughs> – it was honestly mind-blowing to me that they didn't identify that on tape as an opportunity. Like, we don't know who this is. They're starting him on Sunday. I think we're going to go after him. So, right. um, no, that always that blows my mind to this day. But, um, no, I'm going to say that Craig Naiman is probably not back unless they meet the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Maybe you, maybe you pluck him off the practice game. squad. But, no, all kidding aside, I think he's a guy – I'm going to make a bold, and you know what? I'm going to call it a bold prediction, but it's probably not a bold prediction. Greg Maven will have eight stints on the Titans in 2022 because he's one of those <laughs> guys that they keep re-signing to the practice squad, releasing him, re-signing, releasing. So yeah. Greg Maven will have eight stints with the Titans in 2022, but it will not initially come in the month of March. They will not re-sign him immediately. They will bring him into training camp on August 28th. Remember, I made that prediction August 28th, pretty late in the game. I'm probably going to be wrong, but that's when Greg Maven will have his first of eight stints with the Titans in 2022. Love it. All right, next guy on the list, former draft pick Dane Crookshank, safety cornerback hybrid, unrestricted free agent, ending his rookie deal. What do you make of this young player? This one actually deserves a bit of a conversation, let's be honest, because – Dane Crookshank is a guy, well, I mean, we'll always remember how he played against Baltimore, the 2020 playoffs, right? That was one of his first games playing. 2019, yes. 2019, sorry. Uh, playing a significant role. Uh, and it's just an important game. And he was so good in that game. And then you look at 2021, where we talked about this on, I believe it was two weeks ago, right? It was the Jayon mm-hmm. Brown episode where he kind of took snaps away from Jayon, in my opinion. I know, quote unquote, they played different positions, but they started using him in that dime, you know, linebacker, sub package, hybrid safety, whatever you want to call it, came in and was playing man coverage on opposing tight ends. And he was doing it at a high level, right? Again, Travis Kelsey held under hundred receiving yards. I believe in that chiefs game, that was a, a good performance based on what Kelsey can do to you, but then right. a really great performance against George Kittle and the 49ers in prime time down the home stretch, where I think George Kittle caught two balls for 21 yards. And that was pretty right playing a lot of man coverage on him. So this is a guy where they've all, all of a sudden kind of found the specialized roles for, uh, sorry, a specialized role for in their defense. And I've made this point on a few episodes, but I don't love where they're at right now from a, a coverage perspective at that position in 2022. I think, you know, you talked about David Long's gotten better in that area, but I don't fully trust him there. He's not going to play man coverage on guys. Zach Cunningham essentially can't play it at all, in my opinion. Uh, Jalen Brown has, you know, trended downward in that area, and you're going to lose him. So I think you need to find somewhat of a solution. I don't think it was Monty Rice's strong suit at Georgia either, by the way. When I say I don't think, I mean, I I know it wasn't. I'm I'm sharing my opinion. 
I studied a lot of Monty Rice film right at, at the draft network. So don't think he's a very good coverage guy. So I think you're going to need to find a solution there and, and keeping Dane Crookshank could be that solution. And, and don't forget, he's a really good special teams player as well, right? He's, he's played it all, you know, four years uh, throughout his career with the Titans and a lot of snaps on special teams. Everyone remembers the touchdown he was that he caught as a rookie against yeah. the Texans. Kevin Byard threw to him when Titans had out of no quarterbacks, no offensive linemen, whatever the hell they were dealing with in that game. I, I can't quite remember. They had a ton of injuries at every position, essentially offensively. And they had to come up with a, an interesting game plan. And they came up with a hell of a, a, a play on special teams there. Crookshank's a great special teams player, can play a role for you on defense. I would love to see him back. On the flip side, I wonder if he could find a starting role elsewhere or at least a chance to compete for a starting role because he's not going to do that in 2022 with the Titans. Kevin Byard and Monty Hooker are still here, locked in, penciled into your starting roles at safety. Does he get a chance to compete for a job elsewhere? Does he maybe get more money elsewhere? Do teams... NFL teams are not stupid. They're right. They're studying the tape. They're going to see that. Oh, this Dan Crookshank guy was playing man coverage on tight ends in 2021. And he was locking guys up. So is there an opportunity? Teams are always looking for value. Can I sign this guy? You know, he doesn't have enough experience where he's going to command a ton of money. Can I get this guy on $3 million a year and, and plug him in at starting safety? Like, uh, you never know. I, I think teams are going to uh, at least think about that, right? And the injury yeah. history plays a role, though, because he's been pretty banged up throughout his NFL career. So that might uh, shy teams away a little bit. So the Dane Crookshank conversation is a really interesting one to me. Yeah, it's a, a a player who's played out his rookie contract now, a former fifth-round pick of the Titans, who's been a good player when he was able to get on the field. But, yes, he has battled a lot of injuries. I think he's uh, sort of learned how to maybe start to play – I think he talked about this playing through injury more and, and trying to be a, you know, I don't want to call him tougher or not tough or whatever, but trying to play through injuries when you can and really like being available and staying on the field. And I think obviously he had his best year as a Titan this past year, a guy that Mike Vrabel has really developed on the defensive side of the ball. I think he likes, he, I mean, he, he refers to him a lot in press conferences. He'll bring his name up from time to time. So I'd love to see him back on like a three-year deal for not that much money, but like you said, you never know. There is definitely a chance that some team has identified him as a gem that they want to bring in. And safety is such a devalued position that it might be tough for him to accept a deal from the Titans. He's This could be one of those Jayon Brown type situations where he goes out and looks around for a little bit. Michael Pruitt looks around for a better deal and realize you play a position that people just don't want to pay for and maybe ends up back in Tennessee on something cheap. Sign me, but you know what's funny? Like I, I think you make a good point there. But you talk about these guys; these guys took one-year prove-it deals. I, I would sign up right now for like a three-year, eight million-dollar deal on Dane Crookshank. Give him Same. two and a half a year. Give him three years. Keep him here. You never know what's going to happen with a Monty Hooker one day, right? He's going to be a free agent someday, and uh, he might command a payday. If you have Dane Crookshank in place on a, a, a valuable deal, you know he's a great special teams guy. You, you know he can play man coverage on tight ends, can play a specialized role for you in three safety looks, whatever you want to call him, a hybrid linebacker. Uh, I, I like Dane Crookshank, and I would like to see him back, but it wouldn't surprise me if he found better opportunities somewhere else. Yeah, and you talk about his man coverage on tight ends, and you talked about the Baltimore Ravens game that he played well in. And It's not like he just got good at covering tight ends. He was on Mark Andrews a lot in yeah. that Ravens game back in 2019. So I think that that— Dane Crookshank, friend of the pod. 
friend of the pod. We broke down that that Baltimore Ravens game with him. All right, we got three more unrestricted free agents. Let's do Kyle Pico next, defensive tackle. He did have a sack this year. He played 157 defensive snaps over the course of the season. Uh, a bit of a rotational defensive lineman when Tier Tart and Naquan Jones were dealing with injury. He played a bigger role. And uh, I think this is a guy that... Could be back in training camp. I don't know that he commands any kind of market on in free agency. Former UDFA guy. What do you think of Pico? Was it just one sack he had, by the way? Do you have the numbers in front of you? I can get them in three, two, one. Kyle Pico. Two sacks two in sack. 2021. Yeah, I, thought, I, I was thinking it was more than one. I, I think I said one initially, but kind of Eight games myself. played, started three. Yes. One thing I will say about Kyle Pico uh, that a lot of people may not remember the, the Kyle Pico arc in Tennessee. I'm such an addicted football fan. I guess I enjoy every one of these conversations. But Kyle Pico came into training camp late in the game. It may have been August already. And he immediately popped in training camp. There was an immediate buzz surrounding Kyle Pico while the Titans were still figuring out who was going to be their nose tackle uh, uh, this season. They really loved Pico. And then he got hurt. He got hurt in late August or early September. And I believe he ended up on IR. You know, they, they took advantage of that loophole where if you put a guy on IR before the season starts, you can call him back. He doesn't count whatever it was. They put him on IR uh, and then they brought him back late in the year. And like you said, they had some injuries. Naquan Jones, TR Tart dealt with some, some ailments and Pico played well when he came in. He's two sacks. He's a great run stopper. So I think he's probably in training camp, and I think he competes for a roster spot. I'm not going to sit here and guarantee him a spot, but I'll make a bold prediction. The time might be running out on Laurel Murchison. I, you know, I think mm. he's gotten a two-year grace period already. As a day three rookie, it's probably put up or shut up time for Laurel Murchison. If Kyle Pico is back, I'm not saying he'll make the roster over Murchison, but I think those two guys go head-to-head because now we know T.R. Tart, Naquan Jones, they're going to be here. They were great this year. Those guys are, are guaranteed roster spots. Maybe Pico gets a chance to compete. Yeah, he didn't play his first game action until week 10, started week 12, started week 15, and started the week 18 game at Houston. And Played a decent number of snaps in those games. I'm telling so. you, they were, they really liked him in August. I remember hearing buzz about him from, from, from guys that were out there and even some yeah. agents and players and stuff. And they brought him back, right? They, they held on to him despite him suffering an injury. So kind of tells mm-hmm. you how they feel about him. That's right. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. I do think he'll probably be in training camp. All right, two more guys that are unrestricted free agents, and then we'll move to some restricted free agents before we hit a couple or a few exclusive rights, guys. Trayvon Coley, and uh, who didn't play a snap last year, and a guy I can honestly say I've never heard of and don't even know how to pronounce his name, Avery Genesee, perhaps Genesee, uh, 28-year-old guard who is an unrestricted free agent, according to Spotrack. The fact that you even said it that way, that is hilarious. So uh, Trayvon Coley, I remember when he came in, it was like... Me too. There's a little bit of buzz around him. I think he had a good year or two at some point, I think think i could be misremembering but uh they placed him on injured reserve in mid-august and he was done for the season i i I can't imagine uh that they're bringing him back i i I really can't right i mean i think they were going to give him a chance uh last uh training camp and it didn't really work out and it it kind of is what it is sort of thing so uh avery genesee you said no i do not think um, that he's going to be back i i I can't imagine uh that he'll be I'll, i'll 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 say this though as I was looking up his name, I believe he played in the XFL, mm. uh, a recent stint there. And then the Titans signed him 
uh, after he impressed in the XFL. So they obviously saw something on tape uh, that intrigued them slightly, but no, I, I can't imagine that he's back. Maybe he's a practice squad training camp body next year, but I mean, he's not worth spending any more time on. All right, restricted free agents. There are a few interesting guys on this list, but let's get some of the guys out of the way who are not as interesting. BJ Bello, Sam Ficken, Derek Roberson. What do you think? I would lean, I mean, maybe Roby's back on a tender for a really low cost. I don't think Ficken or BJ Bello are coming back. I don't think so either. I mean, Bellow's a guy you could always probably revisit down the road. He's a linebacker that can play some special teams. Uh, Sam Thicken, it's inter- I, I probably I'm overusing the word interesting, but if I remember correctly, when he first came in, he was making kicks in preseason. He was making 50 yarders. Like he looked Kickin really thickin'. good. He looked really good. And then he got hurt so quickly, unfortunately, and they, they were forced to move on, right? You just can't hold on to that. So uh, maybe, maybe, you know, we talked about Bullock having competition in camp. Maybe he's your competition, right? Although Maybe I think so. they'll probably think they'll probably go the UDFA route. And then Derek Roberson, that's the one interesting one. A restricted free agent for people who don't know can sign an offer sheet with another team, right? But the original team uh, is able to match the terms of that offer, right? It's it's kind of what we refer to as a right of refusal, right? Um, I, I think I'm going to say it. I think the clock's probably run out on Roberson. I don't think he's really developed into the rotational pass rusher we thought he might when he had two sacks on drew Brees a couple of years ago we all lost our minds collectively uh he's excited udfa that year by the way who they gave a huge signing bonus to and by huge i mean one of the biggest in the league uh, out of all the udfas that year but i don't think roby's really taken the step forward that they hoped he would i talked about bringing ola adani back assuming you're bringing harold landry back even if you aren't let's say you're going to have a number you know a number one and number two edge rusher bud dupree and harold landry or someone else your number three guy maybe is ola adani you also have rashad weaver right who's going to factor into this equation next season so i think you probably already if you bring back adani i think you already have your 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 four pass rushers i i don't really think roby is going to be back yeah i mean you got autry who can play outside as well and Monty Rice can rush from anywhere. David Long can rush from anywhere. So you got you got bodies to play that position. If he doesn't have any interest from anybody, you might see him in training camp sure. on some some sort of deal. But other than that, I don't. He's think a guy that's, that's worth having in training camp because he's he's got some athletic tools, right? right. So it, maybe it's worth seeing if he's kind of starting to string it together. But we we haven't quite seen it yet. All right, the last two restricted free agents before we hit our three exclusive rights guys really quickly. Um, are Cameron Batson, the wide receiver, and Kari Blossengame, the fullback. A lot of people like both of these players. I don't think either guys ever really quite hit what they could have been as players. I think maybe people will be surprised to learn that Blossengame only played 7% of offensive snaps last year. 84 total offensive snaps last year. I mean... He's, it's not a huge position, the fullback, and Torrey Carter came in right away and was a good player. Boston game ended up with in 11 games last year, two catches for four yards. I'm going to say they're both gone. I think Torrey Carter is your fullback of the future. Uh, has that term ever been used, fullback of the future? But I, I don't, I, the Titans like having a fullback, and I think they have found a younger one in Torrey Carter who's an ascending talent and can probably uh, do a bit more for you athletically than Blossing Game Cam at this point. Uh, Cameron Batson, I think, is a guy that they like that can return kicks. 
uh, and stuff return punts can play the slot. Uh, he's even played outside a little, I think you correct me yeah. if I'm wrong, but a undersized guy that can play outside. I, I respect it, but he's also struggled to stay healthy. Right. I believe he got hurt again this past season after missing all of 2020 with a, a season ending injury, a shoulder injury suffered in training camp. So uh, I think they've been pretty patient with Batson again. Uh, we, I know we probably keep repeating ourselves. You may sound like a broken record to our listeners, but might be a guy you have in camp because he knows the playbook and play multiple positions. You like the special teams ability, but ultimately I don't think Cameron Batson's probably a member of the 2022 Titans. I agree with both of those. All right. We got three um, exclusive rights, free agents, which means that the Titans basically tender these guys at a specific amount. And those guys can either say, yes, I will take that deal or no, I don't want it. And that's it. Or they don't play football anymore. Exclusive rights. It's very much, it's weird. It's hardly being a free agent at all. The three guys, I think all three will be back. In fact, I'd be surprised if any of the three were not back. They are Logan Woodside, who I'm going to say it. That's your 2022 backup quarterback, unless the Titans like draft the next guy. And I don't see them doing that this year. Tier Tart, defensive tackle, who's like basically a starter as alongside Naquan Jones, almost an interchangeable starter on the D-line. And Nick Westbrook-Akina, who was your wide receiver, three slash four, depending on Marcus Johnson's status. And is a guy that they really, really like as a just as a player in the locker room. Shouldn't probably be anything higher than your wide receiver five if everything's going according to plan. Maybe wide receiver four. Good blocker, tough player, game losing, season ending interception targeted his way. I think all three guys are back though on really cheap deals that are a million or less. Yeah, I think all three are definitely back. And and one, I think one point you forgot. So uh, the way that ERFA works is that basically to qualify, you've got to be a player with uh, fewer than three occurred seasons, right? So that's what those three guys are based on actual time spent on roster playing time, yada, yada. And if the original team, so if the Titans in this case, offers them a one-year contract at the league minimum, which is based on the accredited seasons, then the player can't actually negotiate with other teams. So if you ask me, T.R. Tart and Nick Westbrook, that's a steal. What are you going to get yeah. them at? $750,000, $800,000, $900,000? That's a no-brainer, especially on TR Tart, who's worth more than that. So Titans put a blindfold on and, and you sign those deals with those two guys. Uh, with Logan Woodside, the reason I didn't throw his name in there, I think he's back, and I think that market value is probably fair for him, right? I think you're getting steals on Westbrook and Tart, whereas you're getting Woodside at what you should get him for. So uh, I'll be shocked if Robinson doesn't take advantage of all three of those uh, opportunities and, 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 and tenders all three of them as ERFAs and brings them back at less than a million dollars each. Yeah, totally agree. All right, we did it. We covered the Titans free agents. Before we go, let's mention, it's March 9th, the, the day this episode comes out, we're recording it uh, before that, but coming out on March 9th, the next time we record, free agency will be in full swing. Um, we'll, we'll be recording next on the 15th of March, next Tuesday. So the free agency window tampering, legal tampering, dumbest name for a period in the NFL calendar, opens on the 14th of March. So that's Monday, ne the, the, the next Monday that will happen a few days from now. And then the official free agency start is the 16th. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about all the rumors that have happened, all the potentially reported signings that have happened on the by the 14th and on the 15th that for our next episode and then really get into like our wish list of guys that are still out there because in my opinion like a lot of guys are going to return to their teams over the next few days that we're hoping hit the market that are or they'll 
they get just got franchise tagged uh, by end of yesterday. Like, and there's a lot of guys that we'll see what their actual availability is. I mean, on Monday, the biggest free agents are going to have their deals announced with these teams. It all, all these things have already happened. They happened at the combine a week ago and, and nobody wants to talk about it, but that's, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to warn Titans fans right now, before you get into that episode, prepare for a slow start to Titans free agency. Now I could be wrong. None of these free agents are probably going to be um, chased by other teams immediately. If you know what I mean, like the Corey Davis and John Smith deals, for example, they happen so quickly, right. With the New York Jets and right. the New England Patriots. That's not going to happen for anyone here. I think maybe Ben Jones, there's a chance with Ben Jones because he's such a a good center. But for the most part, I think the Titans, both with their own players, outside players, I think we're going to see a pretty slow start to free agency. I agree. It's not going to be even like the the big Bud Dupree deal that came through last year or Danico Autry. I mean, the Titans were active players in free agency. It wasn't one of the first deals announced. Yeah, Autry especially wasn't. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, Dupree, yeah, Dupree wasn't one of the... It, th- these things happen early in the window, though, for the Titans. I mean, the Titans have been players early in the window for a few years now, but yeah. I don't think that this is that year. I think, if anything, you will hear about a tight end or two, maybe, but even yeah. that could be phase two. Those, I mean, you hear, if we hear about like a Hayden Hurst or an OJ Howard or, or a guy in that range of tight end or even lower for the titans like some other guys we talked about almost a month ago now like a max williams guy like that's not a first wave of free agency signing so i totally agree i think the titans will be quieter the first week or two and then they'll start making a number of moves that that add depth and bolster the roster in ways that aren't superstar type signings unless they get some big receiver but honestly just i don't see it i don't see it happening i think that they're gonna be look into the draft there are some guys you know like a jameson crowder could be kind of interesting like there's some names out there that would be lower salaries but again i don't think they're first wave guys so yeah we'll i don't think i would make a sizable splash at receiver either like for the yeah. free agency at least we talked about that a few weeks ago right the draft is loaded with receivers go get one there yeah and you're gonna have so much money committed to aj brown and you've already got julio still on the book so yeah, totally agree. All right, we're on the same page there. So that's it. That's it. We covered the Titans free agents and free agency opens next week. Exciting time of year. The draft's right around the corner. After this free agency stuff dies down, Justin and I are really going to start diving into the draft, looking at prospects that fit the Titans. I mean, I still love Chris Olave, but we're looking at prospects that really fit the Titans in the first round and throughout the draft because that's what we do. We love the draft. Music City Audible. This guy works for the freaking draft network. What do you what do you expect, man? What do you expect? All right. That'll do it. We did it. We covered the episode. Anything you want to say before we say goodbye? No, I hope listeners enjoyed this series. It probably takes a diehard Titans fan to enjoy going through all 28 uh, free agents over the last three weeks. But I really, I mean, if you're listening to the Music City Audible, you're probably a pretty big Titans fan. So I think that's the kind of content you uh, you want and you enjoy listening to. So uh, it was it was a ride, man. Three episodes, 28 free agents covered. Love doing it and look forward to getting into free agency, seeing what they do, seeing what they don't do. Either way, it's going to lead to some exciting talking points and then eventually getting into uh, my bread and butter, which is the NFL draft. Yeah, again, 31, 31, not 28. We missed missed three on the list, but that's fine. Whatever we go, we know it, 31. So yes, cannot wait. We will be back next week to talk about whatever happens in free agency. You remember to find Justin on Twitter at Justin M underscore NFL. I am at Titans Film Room. Head over to broadwaysportsmedia.com. We got lots of stuff going on about free agency and we'll have lots of draft coverage as well. Check us out there. Until next week, 
You guys stay safe and tighten up. A Broadway Sports Media Production.